Good morning. Welcome to worship. What a beautiful morning it is, right? It's chilly. I get to bring out my beautiful sweaters. My parents are here. We have other people visiting. It is a beautiful morning in God's house. Amen? Amen. So sometimes it's not all about the weather. It's about our people. And those people we love, a lot of them are right here in this building. And so I give thanks to you. I thank you online for being present with us. I, I always read the comments to see who is with us online, and we love to see your comments. So we are glad that you join us. Um, but for all of you here, it's so good to see your faces. And so this morning, it's a cold morning, and it's, it's brisk, but it is almost We have to expect that. I'm from northwest Wisconsin. Winter comes a lot sooner, and the snow drifts are a lot deeper, at least when I recall it. So, um, yeah, we will center ourselves for worship with these words. Answer your greatest call to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do this, and God will prosper the work of your hands. We have some announcements this morning. Good morning. Um, as it is the first week of the month coming up, we do have a busy week this week here at the church. We have our, our live worship on Wednesday, November 1st at 7 p.m. So please come and join in that worship service. Um, it's a contemporary service, lots of upbeat music, and um, it's a really enjoyable time. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, come on Wednesday this week. Then on Thursday, we will have Ruby's Pantry from 4 till 6 p.m. Uh, tell your friends and family about it. Again, each share is only $25. If you are available to volunteer, please let probably Don know. Don or just show up at some point and they will put you to work. I promise you there is never a shortage of work for Ruby's Pantry. <laughs> um, next Sunday is All Saints Day here at the church. So if you have lost someone this last year and would like that person's name read out loud at the service next Sunday, uh, please contact the office by Wednesday this week. There'll be candles available for people to light during the service. Uh, we are still collecting coats for kids. Please bring any newer, gently worn coats to the church and put them in the box into the carport. And um, then, not this Friday, but next Friday, November 10th, we will be um, hosting a Veterans Day breakfast. Um, so if you are a veteran or a, or a spouse of a veteran, Please uh, RSVP for that breakfast by emailing Tracy or calling the church's office. And just a gentle reminder for me that next Sunday is daylight savings time ending. Is that how that works? It ends. We fall back. So set your clock back an hour or you'll all be very late for church. Um, early? Early. You're really, you know, the thing that I know that the clock goes back, I just don't understand what that means for time. I just know that I get an extra hour of sleep. So, clearly I need it this week. So, anyway, don't forget to set your clocks back next Saturday night before you go to bed. Um, and that's all I have. So, let's stand as you are able. Oh, wait, Miss Ellen has one. Oh. Okay, so... If you couldn't hear that or if you're online, the next Sunday is also the first Sunday of the month. And so the children of Sunday school will be sponsoring the coffee hour for their Operation Snack Pack. I knew there was one I was missing. It wasn't on my list, Miss Ellen. you got to come find me. Um, are there any other announcements I'm missing? We got them all? All right, then now we can stand as you are able to sing hymn number 500, Spirit of God, Descend Upon My Heart.
please join me in our call to worship. God has been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the earth and sky were formed, we come to worship this day. We will be close to God's heart. We will love God fully. Let us pray together. God of life, your memory is longer than time, your love longer still. Your giving nature amazes us. You have given us yourself. You have given us your work. You only ask for love in return, for you and for the world. You put your ministry into our hands trusting us to be your hands. Bless the work of our hands and the ministry of our hearts, O God, as we seek to do your will. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. May the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be your dwelling place now and forevermore. Amen. Peace be with you. This morning we have an opportunity to join together with our joys and our concerns. If you have a joy and a concern, I ask that you raise your hand. Um, Sarah will be with you shortly. She does not have on her running tennis shoes, so she moves pretty quick. Make sure when you say your joy or concern that you say your name first so that people know whose family they're praying for and who is bringing up the joy or concern. Because online we can't see each other, and sometimes even in the front row it's hard to see who's saying what. Thank you. My name is Addie. I'm five years old. So I'm going to get my hair together. Did she say in five weeks she's going to have a baby brother? Oh, congratulations. Lord, we lift up Addie's family as they are going to have a new sibling in it, and Addie is going to be a big sister. So we just praise God for this, and we pray for a healthy baby and, and a good relationship between the two of them. Lord, in your mercy. Hello, I'm Diane Lenhair, and yesterday Brian and I celebrated our 28th wedding Well, congratulations, and thank you for sharing that. Lord, we lift up those who have wedding anniversaries. We just thank you for their many years together and how they are a model of what love looks like. Lord, in your mercy. Do you have words of advice? 
It looks like keep your sense of humor from the giggle there. <laughs> yes, Sarah. This is Sarah Keller, and I would just like to ask for everyone's prayers for the people at the university. Um, even those people that didn't get one of those 60 layoff notices Thursday and Friday, our friends, our coworkers, it's been a very hard week. Yeah. Lord, we lift up the university. There's been a number of layoffs, and, and it is a hard struggle when sometimes the person you're used to seeing every day is no longer going to be with you, and it's a struggle for those who have to figure out how they're going to pay their bills and everything else they need to do. It also can be a struggle for the students as they are used to having a full faculty. Lord, we just pray for the future of our college here. Lord, in your mercy. I'm Nancy Dickensis, and I have a joy. Our daughter in Park City, Utah, called, and they have six inches of snow. So we are very lucky. <laughs> Lord, you know I hesitate to pray about weather. But today we are thankful that the roads are clear and we were able to drive easily to church. Lord, in your mercy. Deborah Chinton and Church Minute, and we're very pleased that we're able to have our oldest daughter with us as she's getting splendid delay from Davenport Echo. Lord, we want to lift up um, all of those visiting today, Wendy especially, and, and we just pray that as we have our visitors join us, in our homes that are maybe far from their home, that we have a wonderful time and that your peace just brings about this renewal of our spirits when we have this time together. Lord, in your mercy. I'd like continued prayers for my mom, Donna Stevens. She's in Orchard Manor right now. Orchard Manor? Lord, we lift up Donna Stevens today. We know that she is in Orchard Manor, and we just pray that as we are praying this morning that people are thinking already, ooh, what card should I pick out, and how should I visit, and, and where should we call? Lord, we ask that you bring about a greater sense of strength for her, keep her faith strong in you, and allow her family to, to have this time together. Lord, in your mercy. Our city mayor. It was my parents' anniversary yesterday. Another anniversary? How many years? Seventeen. Once again, thank you for, for being here as models. And Lord, we lift up all of those people who have stuck with it and been married a number of years and just find that together they have more joy. Lord, in your mercy. This is Tom Lundahl and Bear with me this morning. I'm Deb Joy. First, to have my son with me, Gary. Pleased to have him here with us this morning. Leanne has had a bad week, and she appears to have outlived the time that she will be able to be at the villa where she's been located. And so this next week we face emergency Lord we lift up Leanne today and we pray that you surround her with your health and your with health and healing we pray that as they are navigating this this new way of living that they will find some answers as they talk with many different people sometimes it is very difficult to navigate our insurance systems and everything else Lord, we thank you for Gary being here this morning, supporting his dad and bringing that sense of joy and peace with him. Lord, in your mercy. Other joys or concerns this morning? All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we are gathered here today, we recognize your presence in this place. We can feel your Holy Spirit as we sing songs and worship you. We lift you with our songs, with our prayers, with reading scripture, 
We know the world is in turmoil, and we don't have to mention it to know what is going on. But, Lord, you do. And honestly, Lord, we don't know how to bring peace in the world. And we are praying that you can do this for us. When Jesus came, we prayed for that day when the world would be at peace again, and we are still praying for that day, Lord. We don't know what it looks like for sure because we have lived in turmoil for so long. But we pray that as we learn to love you fully and learn to love our neighbors as ourselves, that we will find a greater peace even within our own heart, and we pray that that spreads to all who are around us. So this morning we pray the prayer that Jesus taught all who would follow him to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, some special music this morning. Take a spot. 
say a quick thing about the choir. As you can see, we have a few members, and they sound beautiful. But you know what? You all could join the choir. <laughs> so I know there's a few more voices out there. So if you'd like to join the choir, we meet on Thursdays at 5, and honestly, it is only half an hour meeting for singing together. So it's a short time, but a wonderful time to sing and praise the Lord. And thank you to Brian. And today's scripture reading is Matthew chapter 22, 34 through 46 from the New International Version. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the, um, the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love your Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord. For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The word of God for the people of God. Love God, love people. It seems like such an easy commandment. I mean, really, it's short. And we learned the 10, and it sums up the 10. And do you remember the 10 commandments? Because we went through them a couple weeks ago. I'll see if my mouthpiece stays on. Let's see if I can remember them, okay? All right. One. We have one God, right? Can we say that? One God. You can do the hand signals with me, too. Two. Okay, see this one moves? That's a live person. This one doesn't. That's an idol. We will have no idols, number two. Three. We've got to get three, right? Three looks like a W, right? It's a word. The word is God, right? We will not take the Lord's name in vain. We won't use the word of God incorrectly, right? That's the word of God. Number four, we rest on the Sabbath. So we lay our arm down. We rest on the Sabbath. Number five, my parents love this one, honor your mother and father. It's like a pledge, right? It's a pledge. Honor your mother and father. Number six, what does this mean? Thou shalt not kill, right? Because it kind of looks like a gun, not a very good gun, but it kind of does, and so we're pointing it at something to remind us that thou shalt not kill. Number seven, and some of us remember this, right? What is this? Two people walking down the aisle. What are they doing? They're getting married. So thou shalt not commit adultery. There's only two. There's not three or four, two. Thou shalt not commit adultery. This is where I messed up last time. That was seven. Number eight. Eight? Put them in front. Now hide them behind your back. Thou shalt not steal. Right? Thou shalt not steal. So eight, thou shalt not steal. Nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not talk about thy neighbor behind thy neighbor's back. Does that make sense? Don't be doing this. This person here doesn't like it. Plus, God said don't do it. And what is number 10? Thou shalt not covet. And I do this because this is like grab it, like grabby. I want everything. Give me the candy. It says thou shalt not covet. Don't covet your neighbor's possessions. 
Thou shalt not want your neighbor's new car or new wife. None of that. So thou shalt not covet. So we have these ten commandments that we know. And all of the people knew those commandments in Jesus' day. And so they asked Jesus, they're asking him, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And so he says the Shema, which they all knew. It's like, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one God. You shall have no other lords besides him. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. And so, so he says that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And so um, they get that. That's from Deuteronomy. They know that. They have it like on their doorposts, just like we have family or, or live, love, and laugh or whatever we have, love, share. I, I'm going to forget our four that we have out there, but, but learning about God and having these words and, and having things in your house. Sometimes uh, people have signs like, in my house, we will serve the Lord. And so a lot of people have different signs in their house. They had that sign on their doorpost, strapped to their forehead, like they really knew that one. And then he brought up one from Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And these two things, all the law hinges on, right? So if you do these two, you've got it made. Now, the reason I brought up the ten and I brought up those two was because the last time I preached the Ten Commandments, I walked out and I had somebody say, I was so sure you were going to go there. And so today, I went there to love God and, and love others. <laughs> and she said, you just didn't. I'm like, well, that's because it was coming up. <laughs> we can't spoil it. <sighs> so we have that opportunity to love God and to love others. It sounds so easy, right? It's just two. I can remember two. But can we do the two? That means we have to love our neighbors even when we don't agree with them. Even when they hang political signs outside their doors that are of a different party than we're voting for. Even when they live in our same house and don't like the supper that we made. We're called to love them. That's the only way you stay married 27 years. <laughs> we're called to love them and say, yes, dear, it's wonderful. Um, no, I'm kidding. But we are called to, to love one another. And one of the things I want to mention is that the reason we do this is because that is what God commands and also because it's right. But another thing that I want to tell you is that it isn't easy by ourselves. But that's why we have Jesus, right? We don't have to do things by ourselves anymore. We can turn to God in prayer and say, hey, Lord, you got to help me. That man's signs are like really getting on my last nerve. And I need you to remind me today that I need to love them. That lady did not turn my hair a strawberry blonde. I need to remember to love her. These aren't things that I should hold against people. But it goes deeper than that. We need to love people that are at war with other people even when we don't agree with them. And I've got to tell you, I can't do it on my own. I cannot. I need to turn to God and have him remind me that it's not like a nation as a whole that I'm always praying for. It is individual people. And sometimes I know and I talk to Lord, the Lord about it that I think they're misguided, that I don't necessarily agree with them. And he had people that were misguided that he was talking to also. He was talking to the Sadducees. They had just had this discussion about eternal life. And, and I always would tell my Sunday school teacher or students the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees were because the Sadducees didn't believe in eternal life. So you remember they were sad, you see. And so it always stuck in my mind which one is different because, well, they're sad because I would be sad, but that's not why they were called that. But it works to stick it in your mind. And so they had all these conversations with Jesus. They went through, we've talked about it for the past few weeks, 
all the different times that he's tried to trick them. He goes into the temple. He turns over the tables. He meets with them. He tells them parables. He tells them parables about this wedding feast where somebody is kicked out because they aren't wearing the right outfit. He tells them about these workers that go out in the field and some of them get paid the same at the beginning of the day and those that come in at the very end of the day get paid the same. And it doesn't seem fair and it doesn't seem right. And he keeps talking about these things to them. And each and every time as they leave him, they're saying, how did we not see that he would have an answer for this? Or answer our question with another question. This time, instead of waiting for it, he had an answer for them of the two greatest commandments, and they couldn't say anything about it because, you know, they were right. He was right, absolutely right. And there's nothing he could say. It's scripture. But then he started talking about what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And so they've known all along the son of David. He said to them, how is it then David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord, sit to my, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put enemies under your feet. Then David said, calls him Lord. How can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. He's quoting from the Bible once again. This is Psalm 110, probably never before thought of as a messianic scripture but at this point he is saying something that they can't avoid but hear right he's saying that the messiah is divine the messiah is from god now they often considered leaders a type of messiah because they were anointed to be their leader so they were called by god in that way but called by god and from God are a little bit different, right? Yeah. And when it's Jesus, it's a lot different. They thought the next Messiah would be the Messiah to bring about peace in the world. They didn't expect a prophet and a healer. They expected more like a great warrior to come in there and bring peace. And all of a sudden, Roman would be out on its, its, its ear. We'll say ear. Out on its ear. And they would have the country back to themselves. And so they were counting on that ruler. That's not Jesus, is it? When I was taking some classes, or not taking some classes, every year I meet with the district committee on ministry, and they ask me lots of questions. And sometimes they'll ask me theological questions. And one of the times I was there, they asked me, who is Jesus to you? And I said, Jesus is Lord. I said, who is Jesus to you? I said, Jesus is the Messiah. Tammy, who is Jesus to you? I said, well, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is our Messiah. Jesus is the one that I pray to every day. Jesus is my Lord, my leader, my God. And so it goes a little deeper than just saying he is this and he is that. It's like, who is he to you? Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? This is important. We can't just merely say, yes, Jesus existed. I mean, that's, that's easy. That's a fact. Yes, he existed. Yes, he was crucified. And then we get into the parts where it takes faith. And on the third day, he, he rose from the dead, right? And somehow in that combination of things, we are forgiven of our sins and we are able to rise with Christ. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's fantastic. But it wouldn't come about if he was just merely the son of David. He had to be divine. He had to be from God. But in those days... If you insinuated or said you were of God like that, what does that mean? You're saying Caesar isn't. 
right? You're saying Caesar's not divine. Well, that sets the Romans off, and you can get crucified for that. You're also saying you are, which could be heard as blasphemy or heresy. And then the rulers of the church or the temple, you'd be out there too. Jesus was brave and honest and truthful, and he taught us so many things that we need to live by. I often say that, now it's louder because I moved it up. I should have had that up the whole time. I often say that the Lord is my God because I love him. And I want other people to love him, so we need to learn to live like Jesus. Because I want people to fall in love with Jesus as their Lord, not believe in Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. There is a difference. I'm not talking about hedging your bets, folks. I'm talking about truly loving and accepting Jesus as a Lord in your life. And that means you love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. And it means you love neighbors as yourself. And it means even when you have low self-esteem, you start to love them more and maybe yourself more. Because that's one of those things sometimes we question on those days where we don't like ourselves very much. When we look in the mirror and we say, boy, you've made some mistakes. (laughs) We have to remember that God loves us. And that even we are called to love ourselves. Because the me that is inside of me is made in the image of God. And we love God with all our hearts. And so we need to love ourselves and love our neighbor who is also made in the image of God. Now, loving a person doesn't mean that you agree with everything they do. I won't ever try to take you there. Loving a person doesn't mean that you're going to put yourself in harm's way and possibly get hurt by someone. I'm not going to take you there either. Loving someone means that you look at that person, agreeing with them or not, and you see within them is the image of God, and thus they are a human being worthy of being loved because they are made in God's image. And again, we only do this by the grace of God because without God's grace, we aren't able to do this on our own. And so on those days when you're reading a piece of mail or you're looking at the news and you're frustrated and you're angry, and yes, you have every right to be. Remember that there's people on both sides of the conflict that are made in the image of God. And usually it's fewer people that are making decisions that are wrong than the people that are making decisions that are right. And so we look at the people on both sides of issues and realize there are people who are wounded and hurting and struggling, and sometimes they're forgetting to love themselves and love their neighbor, and they're lashing out. Jesus is Lord of my life. And for most of you that I know pretty well, he's Lord of your life too. And if you aren't there yet, please call me and let me pray with you and let me talk you through it and let me explain how awesome Jesus is. And if you have a friend who's not there yet, I encourage you to reach out your hand and love them, not scold them, not chastise them, not necessarily spew everything that you believe in all at once on them, but love them in a way that Jesus would. And sooner or later, they will see inside of you, once they get to know you, where your love comes from. Where does our love come from? It comes from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let us rise to our feet and we will sing together, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. It is found in 
your black hymnal, and the third verse is a little different. So if you have a black hymnal near you, you might want to look at it. it. It is just a bit different. may be seated. Let us pray together our prayer of confession. God of mercy, we hear your command to love one another. These words are easy to say, yet so difficult to do. If only loving could be as natural as breathing, but it takes work and dedication Even when we think we are following you, God, it is easy to get distracted, overwhelmed, turned around, even lost. We turn to the loud praise of the world rather than the quiet whisper of your blessing. We do the simple, the least resistant, and leave the difficult behind. Turn us around, God. Turn us back to you when we have wandered, when we have suffered, or when we bring suffering on others. Show us once more what love looks like, and send us into the world to try again. Amen. Let us hear these words of assurance. When we lose our way, when we are confused and confounded, God waits with compassion to turn us back to love, to grace, to God's own face. Even before we ask for mercy, God has already forgiven us. God sweeps away our mistakes and misdeeds and calls us home. And now not because we have to, but because we are grateful. Let us return to God what is ours to share 
let us joyfully offer our time, our treasure, our commitment, and our prayers. I invite the ushers to come forward for the receiving of today's tithes and offerings. Let's pray our offering prayer together. Gracious God, you have given us mercy. You have given us love. You have been our calling and you have been our home. Take now our hands and feet, O God, and use them for your purposes. Take now the offering of our hearts, minds, and souls. Transform them into your love and your mercy and your everlasting grace for all the world. Amen. Our final hymn is Jesu, or Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love.
I have to share one more thing. My neighbors are awesome. When I said something about signs across the yard, that's not what happens. What happens is last week after I had a wonderful service here and all these treats and the dedication that I went home, I was a little tired. That afternoon they had leftovers from having a big Thanksgiving type dinner and they brought us leftovers. That's the kind of neighbors I have. So when I said something earlier, I want you to know that my neighbors also share love with me. And to be honest, that was such a loving move that I think that we all could learn from that. So let us go from this place, persevering in faith, hope, and love. May the goodness of God be with you. May the love of God sustain you. And may you go in peace. We have three minutes. Let's sit down and listen to that last bit of music. Now that was worth listening to, wasn't it? <laughs> wow. Crown him Lord of all. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.